Well, everybody, welcome back to the Austin Rugby Podcast. So great to have you joining us once again. I am here with the kid, Alex Reese. So I'm like, probably the kid because you are sub- substantially younger than I am. I'm not a kid anymore now. That's good. Uh, Alex Reese, man, we, we're glad to have you back um, again. More more AG stuff. A lot of stuff going on uh, this week in rugby. The whole man, for the last time when we recorded. Uh, Dallas had just kind of, you know, fallen apart uh, you know, at the seams, you know, last minute. Um, we don't know who the AGs picked up in the supplemental draft yet. Um, we, we the we heard that that we got a good signing. We just don't know who it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of things going on. We are officially players have officially reported for the AGs to camp, uh, which is also very exciting. MLR is ready to go. Um, I I did see that like college rugby was happening again like some ut you know uh scrimmage or not scrimmage but training has happened for ut men's and women's team so that's exciting could we be slowly making our way back to rugby god i hope so <laughs> uh but yeah no so uh this this episode of the, uh, of the podcast we got you know a lot of stuff alex and i we're gonna sit down here in a minute we're gonna talk about all the ag second rowers speaking of ag second rowers coming up sebastian de chavez we're gonna chat with him uh really excited to have him on the show and money in the bank money in the bag will <laughs> mcgee uh will the drill whatever damn power wants to call him the you know what what are we gonna video do game star. the video game star M- mlr virtual champion you know you name it his, yeah. his resume is extensive so <laughs> Uh, but lots of, lots of stuff to talk about today. Um, let's jump right into it, right? Um, we keep talking about AGs right now because there's not a lot going on. Um, not, not anywhere. I mean, so we're going to keep, keep going through. We want to get through the team and talk about all the great stuff. So far, we've had a lot of new signings, right? Like we've had, you know, we talked about hookers last week and, and Hugh, and we talked about Robbie. Um, I could see, I could see, I can't, I can never say that properly. Could see ya. Could see ya. Could see ya. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it eventually. Maybe by next year I'll get it. Um, but, you know, we'll work our way out of the packs, right? So hookers, second row, part of the engine room. We have four massive, I'd say they're beasts. Like they're all huge players coming with us. Um, where do you want to start, Alex? You want to start with the, with the local guy? Uh, yeah. Um, in fact, Dustin, my local, I think you mean Christian Osberg. Um, I do. I do. He, well, unless, unless Sebastian de Chavez is from here originally, yeah. we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Christian Osberg, um, you know, Round Rock native, uh, grew up here, played, I think he grew up here, but yeah. I know he played high school rugby here. And then, um, I remember at a pretty young age, he he left to head overseas to play in France, and he's playing in uh, the Pro de Two, Pro de Two, Pro de, however uh, that. Let's let's do that. Let's call it the Pro de Two. <laughs> the Pro de Two. If I, if I can't uh, say Robbie Kutsi, uh, we'll just call it the Pro de Two instead of the Pro de Two. <laughs> uh, he's a he's a Pro de Two player um, by trade, but I mean, for position, he's a prototype player. He's a huge, huge. Uh, second rower with some mobility um, and a lot of good size and you know it's cool that he's you know we've, we brought him back home after a five-year stint um, overseas and you know I can't imagine you know what kind of knowledge he's going to be able to bring back right. um, you know playing at the professional level since 
a teenager. So yeah, I mean, I think he was, that's something I, I think he about. was 20. So he was played in Italy first, uh, for a little while. That's right. And then I think he was probably 20 years old when he was in Italy. Um, and then got signed by Arlac or Ariac or Arlac again. I don't speak French. So <laughs> again, or, or, or Afrikaans. So again, we're, we're, we're learning more about Dustin here. Um, but he's six, five, two fifty four. Uh, I mean, he's a big dude. Like, and uh, we're gonna we'll say this literally about everybody we talk about. But really excited to see Christian. I think that um, the the pro to two, uh, as we'll call it, is a tough league. Like French rugby is hard smash mouth rugby. Which you know, if you look back to kind of the style that Austin played in the first two seasons, you'll see a lot of that. Um, and that was just the style, you know, uh, that, that the Austin elite played was that, you know, hard smash mouth French style rugby. It'll be interesting to see how Christian kind of lines up with the other guys who have been playing, you know, uh, premiership rugby who've been playing, you know, down in New Zealand, but also, and then you know, guys straight out of college too. Um, but I do think that, you know, he brings that, that knowledge of that French style, which could impact the team. Um, the blending of the team is what we keep hearing about with, with coach Harris. So, um, who knows a lot, a lot of good things with that. Definitely. And I think also, you know, playing over, um, in France, I don't know that there's a country that puts more investment financially into, into their rugby. And you watch those, even the, the proto two games, um, those crowds are still packed. Massive. Yeah. Like they're, it's yeah. it's thousands of thousands of fans like they are they're avid rugby yeah. supporters over there like people don't often you know they're, yeah you know they're shelling out cash so the, uh, the quality of player in that league is very high so you know it might not be the, the highest top 14 in france but i mean just the level of player across the board and the level of professionalism across the board um you know in a league like proto 2 I think it's something that's going to lend, uh, you know, lend a nice advantage to Christian kind of translating over to uh, MLR. Yeah. Whereas you have a lot of other younger guys that are just coming up through college um, that maybe haven't played at that professional level yet. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think you know, we, I mean, we, what's that? I guess American Amer- for, for an American, for, for an American. There's few Americans that come over with uh, yeah. professional experience. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think like, I, I do know that there is the aspiration for, you know, he, he had some injuries, but there was Eagle talk, you know, at least getting it as part of, you know, the, uh, the extended roster kind of like Zenny and, and Mason are. Um, and who knows, maybe this is going to be that catalyst. He, he did suffer a couple injuries uh, that have been a setback for him. Um, but again, Last year, he was supposed to join. He would literally the week that he was supposed to be announced. We talked about this on the previous episode of the podcast. The week that he was supposed to be announced was the same week that we canceled for COVID. And so that that was the week after Houston. Like, oh man, like, well, it could have been. Yeah. Again, I think, you know, the second row lock position is something that Austin we had Ben Mitchell for a long time and he was kind of like a stalwart for the team, but there hasn't been really a consistency there. Like there's always influx, you know, we go back to probably the the team two years ago, you had Ben and Josh Larson. Those were probably two high quality players. Again, I think Ben's almost USA eligible now. So I think that, um, you know, that it was there, but I think, these guys are actually bigger and they're stronger. Um, speaking of bigger and stronger, we'll go to the next one. And our guest coming up on the show, uh, we'll talk to him here in a little bit, Sebastian De Chavez. And 
he is 6'8", 265 yeah. of South African. And remember, we talked last week about how South Africans are just massive you know, for the pack players yeah. for South Africans are just ridiculously large. Six, big eight, two, and aggressive. Six, eight, 265, uh-huh. big and aggressive, dude. Like, if you go look up video and images of Sebastian playing, like, he's intimidating, man. Like, he is just yeah. a monster. <laughs> so, hey, like we said, he's one of those, just one of those earth movers. <laughs> that's I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, definitely moving earth and moving something. But you talk about his experience. You know, he has, he's got, he played in the, he played in the premiership. Like let's not discount, you know, anything that he's done. He's 30 years old. He has, he's got caps at Leicester Tigers, one of the top teams in all of rugby around the world, like at the club, you know, professional club level, London Irish. Uh, he he played out with three seasons, won two championships. There was the 2016 RFU Players Player of the Year, which means players around the league voted for him, and that um, just saying he was the outstanding player. And then he played with and played with Newcastle a little bit as well um, last year, right before COVID hit. I mean, he's from South Africa. He also played in France too. Um, so he played. Uh, I think he played with he played with a team in Pro to two uh, that that went to top fourteen. Uh, Pro 14, excuse me, um, of like right out of uh, no top 14. Wait, is is top level French? Is it top or is it, <laughs> is it pro? It's top 14. Pro 14 is Pro 14 is Irish. Is uh, Irish yeah. and South Irish African? Is yeah, <laughs> we'll get man. We'll yeah. get it. Uh, but yeah, so he played top top 14 as well. So again, tons of experience. This guy, I mean, I'm so excited to see him coming onto the field. Like, I think it's really ex- yeah, he's going to be a monster. And I mean, um, and you, you mentioned that, yeah, he's, he's 30 now, which is probably pretty much arguably a rugby prime. Yeah. Um, but you know, even if it does mean that you're slowing down, I think one of the cool things about this forwards that get into their older age is like the fast guys get slower, but big guys don't get smaller. No, they, they still say the same size. He's going to still have, he's going to still have that. He's going to still be a big, strong guy. That's going to be nice to have in the set piece. And, you know, it's going to be a presence around the field. And I think, um, you know, you've mentioned something when just you and I were talking earlier about how he came from, you know, a smaller school in South Africa. And I think that, you know, in South Africa, it's tough if you're not part of one of the big, you know, varsity schools that compete at Raven Week. It's kind of tough to kind of land those professional contracts tougher at least. And so I think maybe he's got a little bit of that, that drive that, you know, he made it um, having come from a smaller, uh, smaller area, smaller school. And I, I, I would like to, you know, think that he'd have a pretty good attitude kind of driving, you know, uh, a team like in, in the Gilgronis and the MLR forward with that kind of that hustler mentality of, you know, yeah, yeah you might only, started playing rugby in Texas and, you know, at age 17, but like you can still make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think so. I mean, we'll, we'll ask him here in, in a little bit when we, when we chat with him, but it'll be, it will be interesting. Cause again, I, I, in the article I read, it's like 300, he had 300 people in his class. And so that's not a, that's for a rugby school yeah. in South Africa. That's nothing when you got like thousands and people in track, yeah. but again, he got, he got contracted with uh, the golden lions. He went through their program um, and then obviously got selected for uh, I believe U19, U20 for South Africa. I mean, that's no, 
mean, he's 30 years old, so he's going to up against, you know, basically everybody who's in their prime right now. You know, you think about your yeah. South, South African locks right now. Holy moly. Like Etzebeth and, you know, and, and Stamen and stuff like, jeez, like, come on, Foster. man. Like, yeah, guys who are bigger than 6'8 and 265. <laughs> it's a, I don't know how you do that, but they grow them big in South Africa. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so excited to see Sebastian come on and play. I think it, it's it's a good opportunity uh, to, to teach some of the younger guys. Um Speaking of the younger guys, you, you want to go with, go with the next one on there? You got the, our, our Canadian? Um, Regan? Yeah. <laughs> I, I stumped yeah, him. Regan O'Gorman. Regan O'Gorman, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I blanked. Um, no, uh, that's a guy that, you know, you and I have talked about before, and we were pretty excited about. I, you did say we're excited about all these guys, but um, Regan's a, an exciting prospect because – you know, he's only what, 23 or 24 years yeah, old. 24. And he's already, yeah. He's already spent time playing overseas in the heartland championship in New Zealand, which, you know, may not be well known to a lot of people, but it's a really high level. Um, it's just a notch below the minor 10. Yeah. And, you know, as a, you know, North American born player to, to get overseas in, in New Zealand and play at that high of a level, obviously means that you're doing a lot right. And probably, you know, he's probably seen quite a bit of uh, growth in this game over oh, the yeah, past few sure. years. Um, you know, he hasn't yet cracked uh, the Canada side with with consistency. I think he's only got a few caps. But well, the fact that he has caps, know, like his first cap was in 2017. Yeah. So if he's 24 now and that was three years, he's just 20 again. Well, yeah, so it's four years ago. So he was 20 years old when he got his first cap. I mean, that's that's saying a lot. So it means the talent level is there. And I'm sure you're getting ready to say it, so I'll let you say it about yeah. who he's behind. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, Canada's got one of the deeper, I think, especially in Tier 2, possibly the deepest second row in the world between, you know, Tyler Ardron, who's been one of the best players in Super Rugby for a few years, and Josh Larson, Josh Larson. captain of the Street Jacks. Mike Shepard, captain or well, leader of the Toronto Arrows. Uh, and uh, Kyle Bailey over at NOLA, too. Yeah, Kyle Bailey. Like, it, Canada's got a lot of good second rowers. So, you know, I wouldn't be fooled by the fact that Regan doesn't have a lot of Canadian caps because yeah. he, he'll definitely he'll definitely start accruing them as, as he gets into his mid-20s. And, um, and I think just having those other locks – at the AGs that are so seasoned as professionals in huge leagues, I think is just going to be almost a perfect storm for his development. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think so. I, I'm, you know, you, you kind of touched upon it, you know, with the talent level that's behind, that's ahead of him. It, it's gotta be tough. Uh-huh. It's gotta be tough. I mean, the fact that you've got guys like Tyler Ardron and Josh Larson, like you're part of the camp and you're going up against these guys. I mean, you're going to play against, potentially four of them throughout the season, you know, playing yeah. against, uh, I forgot what's his name in Atlanta too, but I'll, I'll, I'll oh, know. Jason Day. It's not, no, Matt Heaton. Mm, is it Matt Heaton? Uh, Connor keys is the other one okay. too. Uh, Matt Heaton. Yeah. But Matt Heaton Canadian. Yeah. Flanker. Uh, yeah. I think he's, he's flanker. flanker uh, yeah. But yeah, it's so exactly like, that's one of the things we're, we're kind of looking at it going, okay. I mean, the talent level is there. Like you said, the Southland, they're the, <sighs> Southland conference down in, in New Zealand, like 
it is still high level. Like anytime you're playing rugby in New Zealand, like you're playing, it's it's still going to be high level rugby. Like again, it's it's not it's not exactly the same as here in in America, where it's you know uh, where we don't start playing rugby. Most of us don't start playing rugby until we're in high school or college. Well, when I was, it was it was definitely high school. Now we're finding more youth programs, which is great. Uh, yeah. But you know, those guys, they're playing from when they're in the womb, basically. So uh, it's, yeah. com- it's completely different. It is the national sport. So we'll take it there. Um, but yeah, so so Regan's, Regan's coming. That's exciting to have that. So that gives us Christian Osberg. Uh, by the way, do we say that Regan is also 6'6", six, 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 what is he, 245, 255, 265, excuse me. <laughs> So again, so another no, no, another another small second rower. Uh, so in the engine room, yeah. so far you've got Christian Osberg at six six two fifty four, Sebastian De Chavez at six eight two sixty five, Regan O'Gorman at six six two sixty five. <laughs> it's like yeah. So let's just go ahead and add another one. So uh, technically, the first new signing announced this year, I'd say, uh, came right out of the uh, right after the draft, which this signing was. Everybody thought that he was going to go number one in the draft. Uh, I believe yeah. it was written on multiple pages, maybe even, I don't know. Did you write something on Flow Sports about him too? Or no? Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, but Cam Dodson um, from GCU over at Grand Canyon University over in, in Arizona, everybody thought that he was going to be number one in the draft. I thought the Jackals were going to take him. Like People were like, the Jackal fans were mm-hmm. excited kerfuffle happened like eventually we'll talk to him about it i'm kind of curious because it was very weird situation like people were questioning what happened um but it didn't yeah. and guess what i think there had been like a some article or press release got put out yes. spreading a rumor that he had the same situation as wesley white which oh, also yeah. which i thought was total bs it is but, bs that's but, a, we could have um, a whole podcast on that situation, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, but um, I think so. Like rumor had gotten out that he was going to go through the same situation as Wesley, and you know, not be eligible to play in the U.S. and yada yada. Yeah. Um, and those turned out to be unfounded False. rumors. Yeah. And uh, you know, kudos on the ABs though for as like the fact that nobody drafted him to just immediately dive in and say, All yeah, right. yeah, literally, like, <laughs> right, like you go. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so let's talk about Cam Dodson for a minute. Fresh, he is fresh out of college. He is 23, so he's you know, he's been he's a little older. Six seven two forty five. <laughs> and- and fast fast and so here's 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 the thing so we 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 brought cam dodson to into the the second row discussion because he's six seven two forty five uh and that's typically what you would see in the engine room second everybody else we've talked about sebastian regan you know uh christian Mm -hmm. all fit in that that mold but cam dodson played at gcu played eight and right. we don't technically have an eight right now. Like I know that we can, we have some guys, uh, some signees. Like I think, I think Dom can play eight for sure. If we want to go uh, you know, more of like the Adis Avia style of play uh, at eight, but to have somebody like Cam Dodson at eight, I don't think he'll start at, at that um, because just want to get him experience, but the potential to have him at eight makes that whole middle of the, of the pack, that middle of that scrum with Kutsi, uh, Damn it! <laughs> with Robbie and Hugh, <laughs> and and then whoever goes in the second row, and then have Cam at eight. Right. Oh my gosh! Like the amount and, of power. Uh, yeah, Come I on. mean, 
And Jamie McIntosh is 6'5", almost 300 as well in the front row. Yeah, so. right. And then you we're, know, not, we're not lacking for size this year. No, we're not. And that's great because, you know, one area, one area that we've have struggled in the past couple of years is our scrummaging. And I think what, yeah. what coach Harris and Gerard have done is start to establish this core group of, I mean, really strong, powerful runners, um, guys who are super athletic. You know, you've got like, you know, we'll talk about him another you know, next, maybe next week, you know, Dominique Bailey, you know, Domikina, Mo Abdominant, like uh, uh, McLean Jones, stuff like that. Like these guys right. all have tons and tons of talent. Like they're super talented. Um, and the, the back, uh, you know, the loose forwards is exciting, but we're building like this structure around the forwards, which is kind of funny coming from two coaches who were both wingers, <laughs> uh, you know, well, but you know what I kind of, what I kind of, uh, sort of what I observe. Um, and I mean, the back line is pretty stacked too um but what i kind of think is that they're almost figuring that you you can coach up skills and you can coach up uh you know awareness and and reading the field yeah and i think that the our coaches trust in themselves to be able to coach our guys up on that end you cannot coach size no and you can't really coach strength no and i think you know like I think last about last year, you know, when when I had a chance to play with the team, uh, we didn't until about three or four weeks in the season. We really didn't have a whole lot of size. No. I, like, I mean, we ran out in our first game of the year. Um, you know, Rickus Zort, who had been our second rower yeah. the previous year, tore his ACL like the week of training, and so you know. JP made the probably the oldest professional sports debut at age uh, 40, 39, 39. Yeah. 40. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we called in a guy, um, Eric Howard. Oh yeah. No, from, uh, Eric, for, yeah. I don't no, know. Eric Jacobs. Jacobs, Eric Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah. We called him in from, uh, Chicago, Chicago. for the game Yeah, and right. flew him in and he hopped in and it's like, just thinking like we went from having, like two locks on the team, both of whom like didn't even know they were going to be on the team the week of the first game to this year. We've got four seasons, well, three seasons professional yeah. locks and a fourth with kind of unlimited potential. And right. I think that that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely agree. So, so here's, here's the question. We'll kind of, we'll kind of wrap, you know, this segment up so we can get to the interviews. Who are you? I, I think I know who you're, who you're starting. Uh, I, I would probably start the same thing, but who, who do you got starting that first game of the season? Who are you, who are your two? We won't talk about the, well, we won't talk about the fifth lock who hasn't been announced yet. The, the, yeah. the reported one from the, from the New Zealand sports newspaper that reported that somebody was coming here. Uh, if you don't know, just go look it up. <laughs> I'm not going to get yeah. in trouble with AG social media this week. <laughs> used to wear a black all black he wears, so. used to wear a black yeah <laughs> and, 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 and um, there's a store named after him <laughs> somewhere in austin so, yeah so um i'll probably go i think you 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 gotta have sebastian uh de chavez i think one of your starters oh yeah um he's someone that just brings lots of experience and and like you said lots of size um you know into the role and then 
You know, between uh, O'Gorman and um, and uh, our local guy, um, Christian, Christian. Sorry, I'm blanking on names today. But between uh, Christian and uh, and uh, O'Gorman, I probably at the moment, like first first game, I probably could have put out uh, Christian Osberg. Yeah. But you know, I haven't seen both. Of, I haven't seen Regan and Christian both play in person, so it's tough. Sure. It's always tough yeah. to do that. I think you go with two guys that are professionals that are not going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. And then I think Regan could work his way into a starting position, For but sure. like why, why throw him into the, why baptism by fire when you can bring him on as a sub for, yeah. you know, the first, the first, however many weeks of the season. And if he remains an impact sub, then, you know, that's great. great. That yeah. means that, I mean, our other locks are doing really well. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, you know, again, that's who I would probably go with too. Um, you know, th- again, it's nice to have the depth in the second row. It's nice to to see the potential that's there uh, with everybody. But yeah, Christian, Christian, and and Sebastian are definitely the two that I think are going to get the nod to start off with. Oh, who knows? We never, we don't know. We're still a ways away. Anything could happen. But uh, but it, it is it is kind of exciting to have that kind of depth. Um. um well, and given the we'll given the nature given the nature of our inception as AGs, you know, you never know when there could be a massive surprise seven days out from the season <laughs> over. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, "Who could it be? Like, who could be a massive surprise that people would just like lose their mind over?" So <laughs> we might change our name. Might might change our name again. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I think I think they're kind of stuck with that one. So, well, hey. Really appreciate your input on that. We, uh, I, I think it's going to be exciting. We're going to get here in a minute to talk to Sebastian DeChavez, learn about his story and what's been going on. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. So uh, we'll, we'll take a short break and we'll come right back with Sebastian DeChavez. guest on this week's podcast we're really excited i think as alex and i just talked about we've been signing a lot of second rowers um a lot of new guys a whole new second row coming in from last season um technically we have four of them maybe five of them signed one is not beneficial but uh we really wanted to bring on one of those second rowers to kind of talk about his career talk about how he got to austin we're pretty excited about it like to welcome on sebastian de chavez sebastian how's it going man Hey, good. Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, thanks for having me. Really yeah, good. To have a good chat. Yeah. And uh, hopefully no technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we hopefully got all those done, done yeah. in the last five minutes. So yeah, all good. F- f- fingers crossed, fingers crossed. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so for those for those who don't know who you are, um, you, you've got a you've got a pretty long career that you've been playing so far. Tell us, you know, uh, your uh, your story up to now. You've been all over. Uh, you played for a couple of teams in South Africa. You've been up in uh, the championship up in England. You played in the premiership over in England. Um, yeah, man. T- tell us about tell us about it let's let's start at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so it's been a bit of a journey um obviously uh born and raised in south africa um played all my junior rugby through the through the lines um under 19s and 21s um was uh was fortunate enough to play for the for the springbok under 20s and then um yeah from there had a had a bit of a 
had a bit of an off year in terms of injuries and so on. And um, yeah, kind of played a bit of, bit of university rugby at the university of Johannesburg, which was, which was a great experience. And then um, with my, with my mom being, being from the UK, um, I wanted to, you know, wanted to see what's out there in terms of rugby and uh, was, uh, was so close to actually signing for, for Cornish Pirates. Um, Then, and then this, this French team got, got hold of my agent and said, look, we're interested. We want him. Um, we've just been promoted to top 14. So would he be interested? And, um, to be honest, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but <laughs> when you're young, when you're young, you don't really think about that stuff. And I just jumped at the opportunity, went to, went to France for a year, um, played in the top 14, which was also a completely different culture in terms of rugby, but also off the field. So, so that was, um, really really big steep steep learning curve yeah um and then from there uh Leicester Tigers got got in touch and um yeah an opportunity to, to sign to one of the biggest clubs in Europe at the time yeah once again yeah just jumped to that opportunity and I spent um three years at Leicester and that was really kind of where I kind of learned a lot about being a professional professional rugby player you know the the ins and outs of the of being a true professional and on and off the field, um, at, you know, at Leicester, you, you almost spoiled because you, you know, majority, majority of the time you're going to play in front of 27,000 people. So amazing, amazing stadium, um, really rugby mad city. So that was also another, another amazing experience and, and helped me loads to develop as a player. Um, and then, yeah, I I wanted to, after my three years there, I, I loved every minute, but you know, wanted a new challenge. So moved down to London, um, played for London Irish, uh, for, for, you know, three, three, three and a half years. Um, and yeah, we, what we won the championship twice. We, you know, we're in the premiership. We had, we had a great group of boys and, um, was, yeah, just loved my time there as well. It was really a good, good culture. Um, and then last season was with uh, Newcastle Falcons. Yeah. I went up to, Went up to the north. Um, yeah. Another another changing yeah. culture, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just on the borders of Scotland, so yeah, it was also another interesting, very interesting situation. But one one I thoroughly enjoyed and and yeah. loved loved all the coaches and and the players out there. Once again, some really good boys. I've been I've been lucky throughout my whole career to play to play with some amazing teammates in terms of talent, but also really good human beings off the pitch. So I can't myself awesome. very lucky with that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, here, here we are speaking to you. Here I'm speaking <laughs> to you. So um, and, yeah, it's been, been a bit of a journey. Yeah. It's, it's not quite the same weather uh, as Newcastle uh, here in Austin. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's similar, right? <laughs> same funny, same funny accent. Same yeah, funny accents. Same yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't bring you know texas draw accents and I, I just don't i just don't have it so <laughs> nah, nah, you're all good so let's, i want to talk a bit about you know i think you talked about you, you from south africa you grew up i i think i read somewhere that you know sport wasn't as big you know rugby and sport in general wasn't as big at, at the school you went to um as it is in some of the other you know schools in south africa you know something like 300 and something total students in there and you know you you go on to play you know professional rugby you know in europe um did has that changed at all since you were in school and did, and did i read uh, that correctly in the article that said that <laughs> yeah no no you, you yeah you're pretty spot on there um 
yeah, with with South African rugby, well, I mean, I've been I've been out of the country for a while, um, thirty years old, so I'm not going back to school anytime soon. But, uh, <laughs> um, from when ne- I was there, never say never, right? <laughs> yeah, never, you're absolutely right. Never say never. But um, from my perspective, when I was when I was in South Africa at school, it, um, what school you went to was was pretty big. It's um, just you know, it, I think it was in terms of some of the best school coaches, some of the best setups, some of the best players. That's under, you know, it could it started ranging from under thirteen, under fourteen when they started, you know, recruiting and yeah. When you get to 16, 17, 18 year, years old and you've been coached by very good coaches and you've played with very good players, it's and you're in a massive school of five hundred to a thousand boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, that plays a massive part in terms of playing representation rugby. So in terms of Lions, Bulls, Western Province Sharks, all that kind of stuff. Um yeah, I went I went a little bit of a different path. I I went to a very small, small school. Um sport was sport was obviously offered and you know we enjoyed ourselves and stuff but it wasn't very much a massive sporting school yeah Uh, we weren't known for our sport but uh lucky enough i i got i used to go to a club club rugby team just up the road from where i used to live and through there um met some good coaches and some and some good you know guys that had some contacts at bigger schools and got me into a few trials here and there and just kind of you know, got, got, I suppose, got the opportunity to play in front of, in front of the right people at the yeah. time. So, so that was really good. But for, you know, for a while, I, it was, for me, rugby was enjoy. I, I, I loved all my sports. Um, grew up with an older brother and older sister, also very sporty. Um, so we just played everything um, all year round. Um, but I did love, love rugby. Yeah. But at the time, just the way the school system was, I saw it as, you know, enjoy my time um, in school rugby, enjoy playing with my mates, and then, you know, go to university and and kind of move on to the next chapter in my life. And I was lucky enough to get a to get a scholarship to to the university, a rugby scholarship. But still, even then, it was it was oh, okay. This is to to pay, to help me pay for my studies. This is not yeah. me still wanting to become well, obviously wanted to but i didn't see it as possible at the time so i didn't yeah. really think of being a professional and then yeah once again just went to a couple of training sessions got spotted by the right person and got put in under 19 lines and then from there just started started playing well and and then off at the end of that season we were quite lucky we had quite a good, like really talented young bunch of boys and we made the we made the under 19 final um we lost that final but for us, there were, we didn't really have many, you know, superstars. We were just a good, you know, good talented group. Good cohesive so unit. To, yeah. So even to make the final was a massive achievement for us. And then off the back of that was, was selected to go to, to, you know, the first few rounds of trials for SNL 20. And then once I made SNL 20 and went to the world cup, then it, then it sort of dawned, dawned on me, you know, this, this is something I love, this is something I really enjoy doing let's, you know, let's explore all avenues and try and try and yeah. make it happen. So, so yeah, it was, it was, if you spoke to a lot of, I'm, I'm sure if you spoke to a lot of South African boys, um, their, you know, path of professional rugby was a lot more streamlined and, you know, maybe from a younger age, they kind of knew they were going to fall into the, the professional ranks. But for me, yeah, it was, it was a bit later. Nice. Interesting. What was the, you know, you said you went, you know, obviously going to play, you know, 
uh, over in France is completely different and, and then going and play in England is different. What was the, what was the jump like that? How, you know, both physically, cause you know, we, we talk a lot about how French rugby, you know, uh, top you know, pro 14, like they're, it's physical. It's very physical. Yeah. And a, a, a lad of your size who, for those of you who, don't know uh and we'll put it in in the in the english terms of the six eight two hundred and what's what, what's what's the latest weigh in so your your, your so, cv uh, says two six five have you slimmed down a little bit in some training or yeah <laughs> so yeah or, or, are you, or are you packing on are you packing on muscle weight right now what's going on <laughs> i'd say they've also they've also been a little bit ambitious with my heart as well i'm about i'm about six seven um oh, okay yeah, uh, well, yeah that's it's not gonna make a big difference for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would say yeah, I'm um, at my, you know, fighting weight, I'd say I'm around about 118, 119 kilos. Um, we'll, we'll do the math later and put it up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't ask me to convert. Me. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're still working on it. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, pro, you know, the, the French league has been known, you know, Proto has been known to be extremely physical, a very tough league, very physically demanding. Did you see similarities from the style that you play that drew you to go play there? Or was it just kind of the opportunity that was... You know, that was presented to you yeah it was it was very much the opportunity if i if i'm if i'm deadly honest i didn't know in south africa it's very when you when you're a youngster and when you're trying to you know get into teams and and make teams it's very much focused on the curry cup and super rugby that's yeah. that's the ultimate that's the ultimate goal for every schoolboy is to play curry cup um then play super rugby and then play for the box that's 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 the dream um so when this top 14 opportunity came along it was i was very very naive um i actually spoke spoke to my mom about it the other day and we, we were talking if i knew what i knew now i don't know yeah i don't even know if i'd take that yeah. take an opportunity again because really it was, it was such a change no, I, I definitely would but there was there was obviously you know those first time moving away from home first yeah. time being out, out of the country um 20 21 22 years old still trying to figure out life you know rugby <laughs> and, and life yeah and then you and then you arrive language barrier culture culture change and all that kind of stuff um yeah it was one of those it was it, i think it was quite a rough two or three months first getting mm. there and then it was one of those which i've heard a lot um from other foreign players is that the two or three first months are, you, are your toughest, toughest but then yeah i I didn't actually want to leave at the end, you know, oh, wow. um, I, I loved it. And I loved the, I loved the little town and I loved to get like playing, playing those, um, those games. Uh, but, but it just, you know, when, when Leicester Tigers came knocking, it was another just opportunity for me to, to develop, but yeah, to put it in perspective, um, I think our, we had a, we had a friendly against my first friendly for our was against Toulon. And, um, they were the powerhouse at the time that they were. And, and, I just remember as clear as days lining up in that, in that tunnel just before running out and literally thinking, yeah, I'm ready for this. Like we'll be all good and everything like that. And, you know, Carl Heyman walks past Bucky's foot, <laughs> and, you know, Nick Kennedy, um, you know, all these players, Johnny appear, Wilkinson, Matt, you know, big names, a few, a few big names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm just sat there and then all of a sudden I'm thinking like, I was playing university rugby two months, two months earlier. And yeah. now I'm going against these absolute Titans and, you know, absolute legends of the game. So that was, 
that was definitely a moment where I was like, <laughs> you know, here we go. We're <laughs> no turning back now. So. Yeah, no, definitely. But but then, you know, yeah, so you go to Leicester, you play, I mean, you played three seasons at Leicester. And if you, if you take Leicester and you take London Irish together, you've got 56 caps in, in the premiership. Like that's, it's no small feat. You know, it's a, the premiership again the top level rugby, um, you know, yeah. playing over there and playing high quality ball. Um, and then, you know, you tie in the time just in England in general with uh, London Irish and the championship, like two titles back up and down from the relegation, you know, was it 2015 was relegated? I forget what, oh yeah. man, I'm bad on my, bad on my dates again. Just like, cause you went up, <laughs> yeah. you, you won the championship, you won the RFU championship with London Irish and you went up to the, you went up to the and then got relegated. Then you won the championship again and went back up again. Um, yeah. What was, what was that kind of, you know, with London Irish, there's, you know, obviously there's a lot that have gone on in the past couple of years with them and the, the massive improvements. And we'll talk about one of your former teammates here in a second, but um, what was that like to kind of go from Leicester and what was going on there to what they were building? Uh, with London Irish? Yeah, it was, I think for me, the first year that I was there, they had new coaching staff, they had a lot of new players as well. So it was very much, a, you know, very much almost the situation we have here. So it was nice yeah. and fresh and there was loads of energy in the place and, and people just wanted to learn and do their best every single day, which was, which was really good to see. Um, the, the problem I think in English rugby is there's, the the gap between the premiership and the and the championship is quite big. Yeah. Um, they they bring the championship brings different challenges. Definitely, it's not it's it's definitely not a walk in the park, but it brings different challenges to to the premiership. And um, I think that was maybe where we maybe got it wrong a little bit. So I think we we did really well in the championship. We we had an amazing season, and I think maybe we we. I don't know whether it was we overestimated um, what we were capable of or underestimate what the league is. The league is the Premiership is just one big churning <laughs> machine. It's it's uh, it's something. It's a mass yeah. It's a <laughs> massive challenge, um, and it just it's it's relentless. It doesn't stop. You know, there's no no easy games. No, you know, at the moment there's hardly any off weeks and stuff, and it's just a pounding week in a week out. So I think we possibly maybe underestimated that. Yeah. But also, once again, massive for me personally, it was it was a really big, big learning curve, and always always learned loads. And I was lucky enough to play with some great players that I learned off as well. So, and then back to the championship, and then once again poses different types of challenges um but we also did really well there so yeah but a bit up and down but all all three seasons i can honestly say that you know each 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 you know league each squad of players i learned something off and i and i really enjoyed it it was just all different i suppose and each each season was very different in, in a different way yeah that's it's really fascinating you know obviously then you went up to newcastle and now now here um Man, what, what, so uh, where in your mindset did you ever think that U.S. rugby, you know, going to play professional rugby in the United States was going to be an option? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of, I, I feel, you know, about four years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. um, four or five years ago, you, you heard, oh, someone, you know, someone you might have known is playing in the States, you would have maybe been like in the States. Well, why, why would they do that? In the States? <laughs> more and more, more and more every year. And I'd say, especially in the last two years, Oh yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing some good names. You're seeing some, some really good teams getting put out and you see the excitement that, 
American sports just naturally brings. Mm -hmm. So it was building more and more. And it was always something I, um, I always thought, man, that would be, that'd be something completely different to, to, you know, like I can, I suppose you can almost say the top 14 and, and the premiership is a very purist rugby tournament. You know, it's, it's, it's one for the diehard fans that they love week in a week out there. They've got their teams and everything where like, the MLR in terms of someone who's who's not from America, I feel like it just brings a whole different dimension to it yeah. from from a support style, from a playing style, from just an entertainment style. And I think that was something that interests me straight away. Um, and I've always had a I've always had a little bit of an interest and a little bit of an eye on on the MLR. And then when this opportunity came, it was yeah, it was something really exciting and something that I was, I was definitely keen to, to explore and see what it's all about. So, so when, when this opportunity presented itself to you, uh, did this come through, uh, one of your former teammates and, uh, Mr. Bryce Campbell, or was this something that it, did he say, Hey, you should really go talk to Austin. Uh, I'm going to go, play, I'm going to go play down there. Uh, my buddy, Will McGee's going to play down there. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, how did <laughs> guys that you've played against and with, you know, what was that an influence for you? Yeah, the th- the thing about the rugby world is it's it's so tiny. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah everybody big. knows everybody. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And um, I actually when I first when I first got here and, and and was able to see Bryce and everything like that, um, we just laughed. We just said, you know, what are the chances that me and him are are here? Because he actually lived in the same little like town in London. We lived in Kingston together. So he was down the road from me. Um, and when he first arrived, he, he didn't have a car, so we'd do lifts and, and, you know, we'd, we'd socialize quite a lot together. Um, and I just remember, wow, it must've been about six months ago. We, I was at, I was at another mate's house and, um, we just, we were just like on a, on a FaceTime call to Bryce and Bryce like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to sign to Austin, Austin Gilgronies. It's saying new, it's exciting. They got new coaches. Austin's a cool city and everything like that. And I was like, man, that sounds so cool. Like, I'm sure you're going to smash it, everything like that. And that was kind of it. And then a couple of months later, it was kind of like, um, that conversation of Bryce was kind of <laughs> asking me like, Oh, what's, what's your situation? Are you, are you signed anywhere? What are you doing? And I was kind of just because <laughs> of COVID and everything yeah. like that. All the teams were, were keeping their cards very close to their chest. And I was just kind of training by myself and just trying to stay, stay positive and see what's, what was happening. And then, um, yeah, basically they got in, they got in touch and, um, yeah. I'd, I don't, I've got a sneaky suspicion. When we interview Bryce here in a couple of weeks, we'll have to, we'll definitely press him on, you know, whether or not he gets any commission off of signing you or anything like that. Like yeah, a, like yeah, a sales I'd love, agent. I'd love to know. Yeah. I'd love to know the numbers going around. Yeah, exactly. He definitely owes you at least a beer or two, right? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, that's awesome. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the upcoming season, right? There's lots of excitement. Like I said, we've signed, we've officially signed four second rowers that you know, five, one has yet to be named um, from, but if you read New Zealand papers, apparently he is coming over. Uh, we talked about that earlier in the, <laughs> with Alex. So I, I, I can't, I want to be nice about the social media stuff <laughs> with, the, with the AG. So I got to love the guys over there, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, you've got you know, really high quality, you know, Christian uh, Osprey who played, you know, 
Pro D2 and over there in, in France as well. And so he's got that experience with you. Uh, Regan O'Gorman, like another young, high quality player from Canada. Um, and then, you know, Cam Dodson, who, uh, again, young, you know, can play eight and, and in, in the, uh, uh, in the four or five spot. So what's that like for you to have now this uh, men's competition between four very large guys? <laughs> Cause you're all, I think, <laughs> I think you're all, we'll, we'll go six, six and above. That's, we'll just say that you're all six, six up and, yeah. up and above, you know, to have this kind of competition level and, and different styles of play. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think, I think that's just it. So I think, um, I think every single one of us just bring a different different point of view, different, you know, experience from everywhere we've been. I mean, um, yeah, you can't say either of us, like neither of us are exactly the same. And, um, that's what I'm most excited about is just learning off these boys and just whatever knowledge I have and whatever, whatever experience I have that I can, that I can impart onto them. I'm, I'm always open and I'm always willing to, to help younger boys out. But yeah, I'm also looking forward to learning off these lads. They've, I'm sure they've got some experience from, like you say, France and Canada and, and all these different places. So I think, I think the best part of it is that they're so far I've met them and they, they, you know, there seems to be such a really good group of, of, you know, really healthy competition, healthy, you know, culture. So I feel yeah. like that's going to be, that's going to be a great starting point for us to, you know, I think the focus should just be just getting better every day. Just, just seeing, just taking every day, taking every training day, taking every game, one step at a time. And if, if we can just keep on getting better and better every time, then we'll, then the results will, will look off themselves. So yeah. yeah, I'm most, I'm most looking forward to is just, is just getting stuck in with all of them and, and, you know, learning about their, their journeys and learning what they've learned along the way. And yeah, if, if I can help any way I can, then yeah, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully for it. I, I, th- I think you, you definitely can, you, you have experience, obviously you, you are the, we'll call the, the, of the, of the four of yourself and the other three that I mentioned, you are the elder statesman of the, of that group. Yeah. Um, and I think you reminded me about that. Uh, so, uh, you're still young, man. Don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've got quite a few years on you. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah I, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important, right? It's like, you're also going to be able to teach those guys some things, you know, hopefully it works both ways. They teach you some stuff that they've learned, you know, again, playing all over in France, in New Zealand, in Canada, like everybody's been all around. Um, I think it brings a, a whole different perspective uh, and the team that, that Sam and, and Mark are trying to build right now. Yeah. I think, I think if you look across the board, obviously this, the second row is, oh, we all, we're all from all over the place. But if you look across the board, I think we've got a perfect combination of up and coming young raw talents. And then we've got some experienced, experienced guys that have almost, you know, been there, done that, in in so many different situations yeah. and i think there's that combination of you know experience and and the experience of being a, a professional rugby player year in and year out and getting your body and your mind in the right space you know week in and week out i think that's something that the young boys can really learn from from some of our experienced guys and um then just uh, so far just the the energy that i've that i've been like i mean obviously we've been on we've been on zoom calls while I've been in South Africa and stuff. And there's been zoom calls for team zoom calls and stuff like that. And just the, even just the energy of that, it feels like everyone's here for the same reason. Everyone's here to, you know, get better, but also we do have one eye on, on the MLR and we, you know, yeah. we, we've got ambitious goals as a team and we, and we're really, really excited about, you know, what, where's this team's, 
heading, you know, so it's, it's, it's really exciting times. That's that, that, that is, you know, I think we're all excited as fans to for sure. I think we're definitely looking forward to it. Um, there, there's one question I, I got to ask, um, cause it's been a topic of conversation in, in one of our groups. Uh, so you're born in South Africa. Uh, you have English heritage as well. Uh, and yeah. your mom, and you're also qualified for Portugal. Now, yes, that is, that now is rugby correct. world cup is coming up. Um, any, <laughs> Uh, any ambitions to 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 go to go don the the Portuguese colors and and make a bid for your for your Portuguese uh, rugby World Cup appearance? Just throw it uh, out there. I'm gonna throw it out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you the stock standard answer. Stock, um, uh, no comment. My, fo- my focus right now is, is with the AGs. <laughs> That's okay. You can have focus with the AGs and ambitions to play in the World Cup. We talked with yeah. I said we talked with Kurt Morath last week, and we're gonna push for him to get to his fourth World Cup because well, yeah, no, why, why not, not, man? Yeah, right now, man. I well, mean, yeah. Look in the shape that that man is in. I think he's got no problem of getting there, hundred percent. Yeah, he, he yeah makes me makes me feel old and decrepit right now because he's running down <laughs> young guys. Jeez, that, no, that's good. Well, <laughs> uh, hey, I, I really appreciate the time you, you've taken to come on here and chat. Uh, any kind of parting parting words and parting thoughts for everybody who's watching and listening right now? Oh, just yeah, just really excited about the season. I think, um, and obviously. We know we know the Texans and and the Austin locals are proud proud people, and we we just want to get out there and put put games together and put performance together to make you guys proud and get you guys excited about rugby in this in this town. So yeah, we're we're looking we're looking forward to the season starting and and getting the whole city city behind us and and yeah, see what see what happens. But yeah, exciting times I think for rugby in Austin, hundred percent for sure. Well, man, hey, we really appreciate you coming on and chatting for a little bit. Thank you for having um, me, man. Really appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Once again, Sebastian DeChavez, thanks for coming, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, man. Cheers. Keep well. Cheers. Cheers. All right. For our next guest on the podcast, it was really exciting when... He was announced along with two others to join the Gogronies last season. Came in atop the tallest point over at Coda, a couple hundred feet in the air. Uh, we'll have to ask him if he was the one who was afraid of heights because we hear somebody in that group was afraid of heights. Could it be him? I don't know. Uh, he is a USA Eagle. He has many caps for them. He is also Dan Power's favorite player question mark we'll maybe talk to him about that one dan i know you're watching and listening he is will the drill money in the bank mcgee <laughs> what's going on Will? how's it going man <laughs> good how are you Dustin? thanks for having me on all right so, so here's the question last year you were announced how do, how do you deal with heights you okay with heights I, I, I can't remember that far back. It probably wasn't me that was freaking out. It's, I don't know. If you ever get the chance to go up to that tower at Coder, it's, it's, it's very it's high. high. It's high. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was Kurt Barath was talking about it last week. And so he just wanted to, just trying to figure out if it was you and, or, or, Pe, or Pele. Like, Pele could have been the one who's afraid of heights. I don't know. He said somebody was a little bit shaky up there. So. <laughs> well, hey, um, really excited to not only have you on, but have you back with us this season. Um, I think it was. It was unfortunate that what happened at the end of last season, kind of the end COVID and everything that we've talked about. Well, every episode, because that's all we can talk about. Cause that's only rugby that's happened in the past year is that last game of the season. But um, walk us through what that was like to come and play with the team for 
you know, a couple days and then to, <laughs> and then to finally, you know, come onto the pitch, win a game and then have it canceled for the rest of the season the next day. <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome uh, to come back to MLR. Um, obviously there was like whispers that Austin was making some big moves, uh, new ownership group, et cetera. Um, so we had, we had some exciting players coming in uh, to join an already pretty talented side. Um, and yeah, it was really good just to be with the guys for a week or so, get out into Houston, get, get the win, which was massive for the organization. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, obviously everything just came to a pretty abrupt halt. Um, but we're, we're super excited with plans for, for this season. So, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's go back to that game, right? Against Houston. Um, you, you didn't, you weren't starting. Uh, you came on for, for Kurt who got injured in like the 65th minute, but you ended up slotting home the points to actually capture the win. I mean, that was the, uh, that was the, the money in the bag is what, uh, <laughs> what Dan power is saying, like money McGee, like, what was that like to, what kind of pressure was that, you know, for under, uh, for you to, to step up and, and slot home the game winning points, you know, against Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the job, really. Um, <laughs> Good. I'm it, glad you, I'm glad you said funny. it that way. <laughs> Not like, yeah. I was it's scared pretty, to death. It's pretty funny, though. <laughs> it's pretty funny, though, in the week. Um, I don't know whether, because I was literally just off the plane. You know, first few days was pretty jet-lagged and whatnot. And I've had history of back injuries, so I was pretty stiff from the journey and whatnot. And, like, in, in practice that week, like, I couldn't make a kick to save my life. <laughs> like, I was doing some stuff with Mick Byrne and I was like, geez, he's going to think, well, who the hell have we signed? Like, Mick's can't, home, can't home. get one from in front of the stick. <laughs> but then, yeah, managed, managed to make a couple, so it was nice. Yeah, that's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you go, just please, just put this over, just one. Can I just make one in training? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you 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 mentioned to, you mentioned it just a minute ago. You're actually coming back to MLR. Um, you you played played around. You know, you played around England for a while. You played with Glendale, uh, first two seasons, and you know what was that? What was it like to make the decision to come back? Because you were playing with London Scottish over in the Championship. Um, you know, up until. Um, you know, really was it the rugby world cup you left, uh, after the USA matches, you went to London Scottish, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was awesome for me to sort of, I moved over to the U S to try and play for the U S like that was sort of the goal. Like it was going to be difficult to sort of get into the, get into the Eagle setup. So I moved over to the U S played in the U S system for three or four years managed to make, make the world cup squad, which was obviously an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And then just on the back of that, I just kind of wanted a, a new challenge. Um, and I'd played in a championship a little bit before moving over to the UK. And I knew that it was something that I could go try and go back and do. Um, and then to get to go to London Scottish was awesome. Cause it was in my hometown of London. Um, a lot of my friends were there. It was nice to be able to have, you know, close friends come to games, which they hadn't been able to do when I was playing in Denver. Yeah. Um, and these are like high school, college friends, you know, and yeah. then, um, it, I got, well, I guess once the new ownership group took over at Austin, I sort of got contacted to see if I'd be interested in coming back for what would be this season coming up 2021. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, potentially like, I kind of want to see how everything goes here uh, in London. Like I'm enjoying being back home is kind of the plan. Um, and then like within a couple of weeks time, London Scottish was the, the championship funding cuts had been announced where yeah. the payment package they were getting from the RFU had basically been decreased and London Scottish don't have that much money as it is as a club. Um, so they kind of announced to us like straight away, like we're going to a part-time model, you mm -hmm. know, where it would be like train maybe Monday, Tuesday, Thursday evenings and get a job in the day. And I was like, 
man, I still have aspirations to play for the US and, you know, I, I want to, I still feel like I've got a few more years in me as a professional rugby player. That's not really what I signed up for coming back here. And the issue was I could have probably tried to find another club in the UK in the championship, but four, five or six of those teams had kind of made the same announcement. Mm -hmm. So rather than being 12 full-time professional clubs, it's gone down to six, right? So it just makes it a hell of a lot more, um, tough, it's like tough competition, you know, to try and get one of those fly halves or fullback slots. Yeah. Um, so I basically got back in contact with the guys here in Austin. I was like, Hey, there might be a chance I can get out sooner than that because this, this, and this has happened. Um, and yeah, and London Scottish were awesome. Austin wanted me to come out as soon as possible. So we just kind of made it happen. That's, I mean, it's, I, I'm, I remember when the announcement, like, I mean, I don't remember the exact day, but I remember the time when they said, well, yeah, the RFU is cutting, you know, funding for the championship. And I, I was talking with some of the other guys, you know, who do different podcasts and stuff throughout the league. And I said, I wonder how many of those players are now going to come over to play MLR. Like it, it was just like one of those and it's it, nothing, nothing had happened yet. It was like the day after two days after we went, Oh, that could be quite a few. And we're sitting there going, uh, you know, some people are saying, well, I wonder if like, will McGee will go back to Denver and play with Glendale again and other guys who have kind of moved over and moved and you know, moved around said, well, man, we could, could be a good influx of talent into MLR. So, um, I, I, it's good to hear that the, that London Scottish was open to, I guess, the conversation of you, you know, uh, breaking contract or, you know, nullifying your contract and coming over to Austin. Um, and then obviously then you have to actually come over here and you get over here and then COVID hits. <laughs> yeah. It was literally like, I, we played. Were you over here even a week before that, before you, yeah. from landing no, to playing to COVID? <laughs> like what was those? <laughs> No, London Scottish were awesome. They, they knew my aspirations to keep playing professionally and they completely understood. And we kind of came to an agreement. Austin wanted me to come out like, I think it was February 1, like for the start of the season or maybe second week of the season. Yeah. And I was like, like, guys, this is just a bit too sudden. Like that was like the week after we f first started talking. Yeah. Uh, so Stevie Scott, who was the head coach at the time of London Scottish, um, who'd actually done some consulting work with the, with the Eagles the summer before the World Cup. So I kind of had a relationship with him. Um, he kind of said to me, look, we've got a block of fixtures up until 23rd of February or whenever it was. Mm -hmm. um, can you stay until then? Then we have a bye week and then, so it'll give us two weeks then to prepare for after you leave sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, sweet. I'll, I'll go with that. So we played Yorkshire in the league 23rd of Feb or something like that. And, oh no, sorry, the 28th of Feb. And then I flew out on the 1st of March, Austin, landed one week of training, played Houston on the eight, won that game, a few more days of training. Three days later. Done. COVID postponement for about three days and then season canceled for yeah. 14 months. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah, right. We're, well, we're, we're coming up on... I mean, it's going to be a year. We're coming up much, on a yeah. year, but it's... But it's I I forget when it is, but because you know, we're what we talked, Alex Reese and I talked about it last week and we were saying, Oh, it's like 35 days or something. We weren't even close. It was 56. And so <laughs> yeah. we're like, but now we're getting, we're below 50 days now. So now we're down yeah, to 40 something days. It's going to be almost one year from cancellation to start to go around. Um, what besides playing golf, what have you been doing in your off time? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of golf, um, which has been good. Um, by the way, for those with, who are listening and watching, if you didn't know, Will is an avid, 
avid golfer. Um, I think you're, you're using the wrong ad- adjective begins with A. I think it's addicted golfer. Uh, but yeah. I was being nice. Uh, <laughs> I think I think there's more posts of you playing golf on your social media than there is of you playing rugby on your social media. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, was, it was me, Marcelo, and Michael DeWall, the other Gilgronies, that we were kind of the and Kurt was stuck around, but he doesn't really golf too much. He's more of a tennis player. But we stuck around in Austin during the pandemic, and yeah. we joined the local club up in Round Rock, Terra Vista. Yeah, and. Uh, and full membership and basically played every day every day and got our full money's worth for the membership they're probably one of the only people to have like a full membership to a golf club like an actual club and really you like yeah we play every single day i mean you guys were were probably playing in in and yeah you're probably playing out there when it's 100 degrees yeah Oh, that's when we wanted to go out because it wasn't as busy. Yeah, right. There's a reason for that, Will, because nobody wants to go yeah. outside in Texas in the summertime. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, I mean, so yeah, so you 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 you're 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 an addicted golfer, an avid addicted golfer. Um, you've done a lot of that, but I think obviously your training. You got back into training. You went down. You played with the Ohio Aviators down in in Bermuda. Uh, we talked with Kurt a little bit about it last week. What was it like to to go play in the inaugural tens, uh, <laughs> tens format and just to go down to Bermuda and, and, and have a good time. Yeah, that was obviously amazing. Um, it came at a really good time because, um, we were hoping we'd be away with some USA stuff around November, December time. And then that kind of yeah. got canned. Um, but yeah, to go out there with the Ohio guys was an unbelievable experience. Um, the whole tens tournament organizers, but more so the Ohio aviators, like, backroom staff and general manager Tom Rooney like they did an unbelievable job for us all making sure that we had a great time on the field but everything was taken care of so we could have an amazing time and make lifelong memories off the field Um, and uh, yeah probably should mention um, obviously the passing of one of our teammates uh, Sean Riley Um, very sad uh, very sad news He's he's an unbelievable bloke um, it's the first time I'd met him. We played against each other a couple of times, but um, yeah, he's a, a great bloke and um, just yeah. obviously thoughts and, and prayers with his family and, and his girlfriend. I know they're probably going through a very hard time. Yeah. It's incredibly sad. You know, we won't touch too much on it, but it is incredibly sad. And you know, the Nola, the Nola group over there. So he played with no plays Nola. Um, they're a great, I mean, the fan base over there is great. Like there's so there's such class. And I know that in talking with them, they had talked with, you know, the, the history that Sean had had, like, it's, he's just one of those like lovable characters, whether it's sevens, whether it's, you know, Ohio Aviators, whether it's Nola, it's anybody they played with. Apparently like, I, I never met him personally. Um, but the stories that I saw just, you could see the outpouring of love and, you know, just sadness, you know, about his passing. So, um, it, appreciate yeah. you bringing it up because it is, it's, you know, the rugby community we talked to, we just talked about it with Sebastian, the rugby community, the world rugby community in general is very, very small. Like so many people yeah. know every, like, you know, everybody, if you know one person, you probably know five or you're connected to like, Oh yeah. And so-and-so played with the all blacks. I was like, Oh, I had a beer with this guy last week. That's weird. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, to have something like that is uh, somebody's going to be affected and it, it's nice to hear the, the outpour of love and support for you know, his. Oh, yeah, 100%. And stuff, so that's good. Well, so, to step away from the Saturn note, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you, you were playing with them, uh, the Ohio aviators down in, in Bermuda. Um, you took over the AG social media for one day and maybe got 
fake news slapped? Is that, it wasn't fake news for most people who knew, but uh, it was, uh, we joked around with us. It's the biggest, uh, it's the worst kept secret in MLR signings. Well, it's one of the worst kept secrets. And that was Bryce, uh, your buddy Bryce Campbell coming to the team as well. Um, uh, how fun was it to with him again? And how fun will it be to, to kind of link up with Bryce again and play, play some more rugby with Bryce? Yeah, no, it's very exciting. Um, and how much of a wrist slapping did you get from, from just, the AG, just, yeah, AG just, social media? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll ruin AG social media cover story there. That was all, that was all part of the plan. Oh yeah. Like no. it was, I was, <laughs> I was meant to, I was meant to release it. Um, <laughs> but no, it was super fun to kind of play, play that joke for all for a day. Um, uh, with, with announcing Brycey. Yeah. And it was, it was great to have him involved. Um, he kind of got to a similar crossroads, um, in terms of he'd spent a couple of years in London, had a really good time. Uh, playing for London Irish, Irish. obviously in the championship and then the premiership. Um, and then, yeah, he just kind of was like MLR's getting like the standard has increased significantly. It's now a very, very good level of rugby. Um, and he know in the stage he's at in his career where he wants to take that next step in terms of like leadership, yeah. um, that he can really come back over here and help, help lead an MLR team, lead the AGs and help younger Americans um, grow in rugby. So I think he's super excited to do that. That's fantastic. And then personally, obviously, like I've played a lot of my rugby with Bryce at 12 or 13 outside me for, for both Glendale and the U.S. So I'm stoked. Like he's a, he's a dependable guy. Like you know what you're going to get with Bryce. So, right, so, so, so we'll put you on the spot right now because we, we keep going through the, the roster and I'm sitting there going, man, I, I, I see Bryce at 12. Some, I know he's played 13. I, if Adam Ashley Cooper would have re-signed, we heard that he did not. Uh, I would have had him at thirteen. So, is he going to play twelve or is he going to play thirteen? And do we have a? Is there somebody secret that's going to come in and play thirteen for us, or or do you think Frank's going to play there? <laughs> um, I know yeah, there's, there's I, a I lot of questions. There's a lot of questions in that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> up to the coaches. We've we've been a few numbers. Sh- we've been a few numbers short in training when we've been walking through some stuff. And Mark Gerard's looked pretty good there, so I wouldn't I, rule that one out. Let, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd say let him lace back up. You know, it's like I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to hold him back. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, obviously, whoever whoever the coaches go with, um, and whether Bryce plays twelve or thirteen, he's a he's a solid player. So, yeah, I, I hope people know that we're just joking around. <laughs> it's like we don't we don't we don't ask we don't anticipate Will to be put on the spot to make the decision. But it will be <laughs> will be kind of fun to to have him, you know, kind of on the outside of you again. Um, speaking of like, you know, you in your position, I mean, you you do play fly half and fullback is what it's listed as. Um, and so you can play both. Um, the fly half position, y- you got, you have a bit of competition there right now and, and it's a good competition. And I, I hope people see it as good competition, but you've not only got Kurt Morath, uh, you know, three time, uh, world cup attend, you know, Tongan international, uh, we said <laughs> trying to push for fourth time, uh, bless you to the person in the background. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously, and then Mac Mason, uh, Australian, who's now coming into play. Um, what's it like to kind of see how Austin has grown to have three high quality fly halves. And then, you know, if you play, you know, if you want to compete at, at 15, you've got Zinni who also plays fullback as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's a tough competition, but it's a, it's a good thing to have, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like you don't win a, you don't win an MLR shield with 15 players, you know, it's going to take 30, 30, 35, however many are in the squad to, to make sure that, that we are performing at our best and, and the coaches will make that decision. Like whoever's playing the best rugby and best fit for the team is going to, going to hold down that 10 Jersey. And then, 
the style we're going to play this year, you know, like it's a, it's, they want that second playmaker. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see obviously the three of us that are pens challenging Zinni for the 15 show, if we're not the starting 10, you know, so that's, that's exciting. Cause you look on it on paper and the squad, like Zinni's probably the only out and out fullback that we have. Yeah. Uh, obviously there's guys like, um, Ned Hodson can sort of cover anywhere from out, outside 12. Um, he hasn't been announced. But then, uh, oh, perfect. <laughs> That's good. We'll, 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 I'll, 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 we'll put a we'll put a bleep over that. So if you're listening, you just heard that beep and a sensor <laughs> over top of this. <laughs> fake news. Will uh, yeah, so, gives fake news. So, round two. So beep <laughs> has, can play anywhere. That's yeah. not my fault. He's he's with the boys. That's I know he's been fault. here for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll let Austin know and give a kick up the backside to announce it before this comes out. Uh, it comes out um, tomorrow. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you, you have to so, uh, message him right now. Yeah. So, so some, somebody else who can come does who is who is coming who we just said but won't say uh, does does play at uh, at fifteen as well. But yes, Zinni is probably yeah. the only. Out yeah, out back 15. to the question. Back to the question. There's competition. <laughs> competition for space. Uh, for, you've rattled me now. I know. Competition for places is a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, it's, and and that's. And that's what you need, right? Like you need that for you as a, as a USA Eagle, as somebody who's going to, to play, you know, wants to play the next level, you want that competition. Your competition at 10 for the USA Eagles is no slouch either, <laughs> you know? So you've got, uh, you've got, there's lots of experience around. There's lots of stuff um, with the, the team that's being built. Um, how, how have you seen that change from the like year one with Glendale to now? And the change in MLR, what, what have you seen be the biggest, what do you think the biggest change has been? Um, I think probably the caliber of overseas player coming in. Yeah. So obviously we know it's massively important that we're developing Americans. And I think the league is doing a very good job of limiting the number of foreign spots. But if you look at who those foreign players are now compared to how, who they were in 2018, like it's, it's substantially yeah. better. Um, I mean, if you look at our Glendale team in 2018, you know, like our five or six biggest leaders on the team were all USA Eagle guys. So you yeah. had like myself, Sean, Bryce, Quilly, Ben Landry, you know, guys that were, had only really, uh, apart from Quilly, had only really played professional rugby in the States. Yeah. You look at the AGs now, you know, we've got guys coming in like, uh, well, obviously like Kurt, Frank, Whopper, Hugh Roach. Um, I'm probably going to name some other guys we haven't announced yet. Um, <laughs> Robbie Kutzia, you know, guys that have played like super rugby, yeah. professional rugby overseas. There is just like the the amount of experience and, and leadership those guys bring to, to, a, to a side is massive. That's the, and I think that that's, that's something that's really going to stand out. And I think, you know, we talked about it and maybe we're a little bit biased, but looking at Austin's team and the depth and the quality of the depth is phenomenal. You know, the front yeah, row depth. It's not just, yeah, exactly. You said it's not just 10. It's no, it's no, everywhere. it's, it's, it's 10. Prop, it's, it's, a, it's, it's 11, it's 11 and 14. I mean, technically if we get a 13 that can, that if we have a, a, a true 13 that gets to play out there, you can move Frank out to his natural position of 11 and 14 and then good luck rest of the MLR wing who wants to try to tackle Frank. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, and it's all of the, all of the <laughs> forwards and stuff as well. And, you know, and scrum halves and stuff like your roommates and, and Pele, I think are, are too great. And yeah. you, you've got a young American in there in the mix as well. And, and, and said, shoot. Um, and so again, 
it's talent all it's talent all around and it's quality and there's a good age for you know there's younger guys and there's older guys who can bring the experience so uh, i like I, I appreciate you kind of saying that and saying like this is your weird the higher quality is, is just kind of the change and i think that's what we see from mlr in general yeah um yeah it's that's just not that, just the ag no right? it's that's every team it's, like, it's it's every standard is getting higher and higher which can only make usa eagles better that's that's the yeah um uh, yeah it's good to hear. So a couple other questions, uh, you know, as, as we kind of start wrapping things up here, uh, one question, uh, came, came from our buddy, John Woolley, who is, uh, who is part of the, the supporters group. Uh, he, he sent a question when I asked him, I said, you, any questions for Will McGee? And, and so he said, yeah, he said, is he going to, you know, is he going to get the sticks ready again to, uh, go and take the MLR virtual championship again? Should that happen in, at the end of the season? <laughs> I mean, happily, uh, ha- happily, right? <laughs> so yeah. For, for that's, those that, that's one of the other things we've been doing in lockdown, just gaming a lot. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's been gaming. Everybody's been playing their rugby, rugby twenty or whatever. There was I, another. So the funny story about that is, and this is honest to god truth, other than in the team room during that tournament, I had never played rugby twenty. <laughs> like, I just. Just happened to play it. Yeah. Right. He just yeah. played like, he's just in, just a natural at rugby 20. Either that or, or was I'm, everybody I'm, else really bad? I think that's probably more likely. But NHL, NHL 20 or Call oh, of Duty. N- NHL. Okay. All right. That's, that's my, that's my go to. Are you, are you a hockey fan? Is that the, is that the, the secret? Yeah. Big, big, uh, big Colorado Avalanche fan from oh, my time man. in Denver. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Forsberg. Yeah. Patrick, yeah, Patrick, was, pa- Patrick Wall. He was before your time, but uh, that's, old, that's before my time. That's old school. So that, McKinnon and Landis and that, that, and that shows how old I am. So yeah, yeah. Peter, and actually, Cole, so Cole Davis' buddy is Kale McCarr, who's a, one of oh. the Avs defensemen who's a stud. So there you go. Yeah, oh. I'm gonna like completely work that angle. To oh try yeah, and I was tickets when we're allowed to go. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say yeah, so you're gonna be lo- you're looking to catch a few NHL games when you go train yeah. with, with USA or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the other big thing that we got to talk about is um, you are the golden child favorite of Mr. Dan power. What kind of pressure do you feel knowing that, you know, everything that Dan does revolves around you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of many. I'm one of many. It's it's great. Dan's a great guy. Um, Obviously love his sense of humor. Love what he brings to the commentary booth. Um, and obviously love the fact that he's always supporting and, and really championing whether, whether the AG fans are going to be Gil Groniaxed or not. I know that's a hot topic <laughs> at the moment. So. It is, it is a hot topic. It's a topic we posted on social media, uh, on the Facebook page as of, as of right now in the recording of this, uh, it was somewhere like 19 yes to 19, no, and five, I don't care. And then on, on Instagram, it was, I think 19 yes to seven, no, or six, no, something or 21 yes to so, seven. So Dan, no. has, Dan has to pick up his, his campaign man he's got to work on something so so dan's campaign is (laughs) is is continue to support and and use the hulkamania uh theme for for will mcgee and then it's also uh how do we get joe rogan to uh to be our 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 big supporter here in austin if austin fc has matthew mcconaughey where's our where's where's joe rogan or elon musk (laughs) yeah for sure well man any any last kind of thoughts we we appreciate you having come on and just just chatting a little bit. Uh, any last things you want to say to everybody before we head out of here? No, nah, just obviously like we're all super excited for the season. Um, it's starting to get very real now. Obviously, um, yeah, it is. coaches are here, kits here. Next kits. thing is games are going to be here. And, uh, 
And uh, yeah, and like it's going to be awesome to. I never got to play at Bold Stadium. Yeah. Um, I know the guys have been working hard behind the scenes to sell it out. So yeah, bring come out, bring your friends. It's going to be all socially distanced, pod seating, two fours or sixes. I think so. Look at you. Yeah, I can't wait. Ever the salesman. Also, um, we didn't really point out. Uh, Will is actually wearing some of the. A nice AG swag that he gets uh, soon co- coming to a rugby shop near you very soon. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, Hey, Will, uh, we really appreciate it, man. Uh, we looking forward to the season, looking forward to watching you and Kurt uh, and, and really the rest of the team compete for those starting spots. Uh, but we know, we know everybody's going to just give it their all. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys out there. Uh, we appreciate you coming on to the podcast and, uh, Man, we'll hopefully have you back on and you know sometime during the middle of the season talk about how the how the, the year's going so far. Sounds good, Dustin. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Well, cheers. Will McGee, everybody. All right, man. Well, we want to thank Sebastian DeChavez, Will McGee. Both those guys are super fun. Uh, sorry that we have to potentially bleep out the name of the person that Will gave away. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So we're not going to get in trouble on social media for the AGs this week. <laughs> or maybe Will will, so I don't know. But but it's it's exciting. Like Sebastian, again, you know, he the the path that he's had to come and play with the team has been really exciting. We talked about it at the beginning uh, when Alex and I were just you know, kind of touching base with, you know, how he's gone from, you know, 300 people in his classroom to not really, you know, he really didn't think that sport was going to be his life. And now it is. And so that's really exciting. And we're, we're super stoked to have him coming in that second row. And then Will McGee and Alex, you, you can talk about it. Like we'll get excited when we talk about that battle at that 10 spot. Oh, absolutely. we got, you know, two, two guys with world cup experience, at fly half is pretty great. And, yeah. and then, um, and then we got our young gun coming from, uh, yeah. Mac uh, Mason, baby. Yeah. So I think that fly half were, were again, at a position that last year we were a little shallow <laughs> on, and this year we're, we're pretty stacked. I, um, I know it's, it's a, it takes away your chance, man. <laughs> anyway, we're always pulling for you. You're the local guy. <laughs> um, I want to get out on the uh, links with uh, with Mr. McGee, right? Mr. Mr. Two, the links, Mr. Two or Three Handicap. I, I don't know, man. These like like he said, like he said in the interview, like they've they've been doing it for they went out however many days. Like he and Marcelo and uh, Michael uh-huh. DeWall were all out there. Apparently, they played, at least he said they played every single day. Like I don't hundred degree heat. Like so, hey, you go play, man. I'm terrible at golf, so that's not going to be mine. <laughs> no. Uh, but that's it. It's exciting. It's a lot of good things going on at the AGs. Um, the depth is looking great. We're, we're seeing the promise of what this team is going to be like with uh, Coach Harrison and Coach Gerard are building. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, Alex, where, what, uh, what group of group in the pack do you want to go and talk about next week? Uh, well, definitely want to look at that back row. I think that that's, I mean, for many of us, one of the most exciting uh, aspects of, of our team coming up this year. For so. sure. We can do that. Let's do that next week. Tune in. We're going to cover the, uh, the Austin back rowers. Uh, so much athleticism back there. It's not even funny. And then in, in, the, in the week after that, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the big boys up front, the props. Um, of course that'll, that'll, that'll cap us off in the, in the forward pack. Um, Hey, if you're, if you're hey, looking for Austin, little, little to most people know, you used to be a prop. I, I did. 
many, many years ago when I was a hefty uh, 265 myself, um, which, which, which people don't, don't look at me anymore and say that, but I, I appreciate that. So thanks for bringing that back up, Alex. I also used to be a hooker, an eight man, and a water boy. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us on the Austin Rugby Podcast. Always a pleasure to do this. We have a great time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Austin Rugby supporters on Facebook and Instagram. You're looking for more Texas rugby information, uh, Texas rugby monthly. It only comes out once a month. It'll take an hour of your time. Uh, our goal is to continue to promote the sport inside Texas and inside Austin. Uh, let's get Joe Rogan again to follow us. So just tag Joe Rogan yeah. and everything you do for this. So this is, we, we said it with Will. We said it was a bachelor. Come on, Joe, you can do it. You know, Dan Powers, Dan Powers calling out your name constantly. We, hey, we Joe get, Rogan. Joe Rogan has hooker written all over. <laughs> and more ways than totally one. <laughs> and he had more ways than one. So, hey, thanks yeah. again. That's Alex Reese. I'm de- oh, sorry. This, this is the right way. That right there. Uh, that oh, I, I can point. Uh, that right there is Alex Reese. I'm Dustin Zare. This is the Austin Rugby Podcast. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you on the pitch. Yeah.